You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Every week we bring you the information that doctors talk about in doctors' lounges all across the country so that we can prepare you for the uh, fight for healthcare freedom that you need to wage so you can advocate for yourself and for your family. Um, the uh, show is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the U.S. The uh, uh, Docs for Patient Care Foundation stands for the doctor-patient relationship and for healthcare freedom for every American. We uh, are doing the heavy lifting for everybody and have been involved in some of the major uh, decisions uh, that are happening in Washington. And uh, our input is so important to allow people who are making policy to uh, be able to uh, come to the right conclusions. So you should go to our website, www.d, the number four, PC Foundation, D4 PC foundation.org and uh, contribute um, whatever you can because uh, the work that we do is for you, our patients. So please uh, be as generous as you can. The um, show that I did two weeks ago, last time I was on the air, was a tribute show to uh, my uh, late uh good friend Herman Cain. I want to thank everyone for the very kind feedback that I received after that show, and I'd like to thank uh, once again Grace Marie Turner, who uh, was with me for almost the entire show to help uh, honor Herman. Uh, it was uh, uh, a, uh, a tough show to do. It was a, a nice remembrance of, of some of the things that that he stood for, and boy, could we use him right now um, in uh, this uh, very tumultuous time of racial strife that has been manufactured, I believe, by the media more than uh, more than the reality of the situation. And um, in this campaign season, we have heard um, messages from uh from black americans that that uh debunk all of the the uh misinformation that uh, americans are receiving from the media um the the uh show that we're going to do today is something that i wanted to uh uh do to do basically because we're hearing so much about so many things in in this very charged environment uh, with an upcoming election. And the lines between what we talk about, medicine and politics, and uh, just issues are now um, being blurred because they, they uh, run together. In this campaign season, we've heard the contrast between... Biden and Trump, between Democrats and Republicans, socialists, leftists, and anarchists versus 
the Republicans or the guardians of our American system. Totalitarianism and government control of everything versus freedom. Um, The conventions, if you've been watching, and so many people have not, and I understand why, um, it it gets tiresome after a while, but as a political junkie, which I am, the uh, the Democrat convention, or what I like to say, the the uh, socialist uh, uh, convention of the United States, um, was very dark and very depressing, and didn't really share with Americans anything about hope or what they wish to do going forward primarily because what they wish to do going forward would not be supported by the majority of Americans and needs to be kept a secret because if people really understood what they're trying to do to our country, to our society, to our way of life, most Americans, most educated Americans would... Um, realize that uh, this is not the America that they wish to uh, live in and uh, and see transformed, which is what they'd like to do to fundamentally transform America. The GOP convention, on the other hand, is hopeful and uplifting, and it has been um, the worst nightmare for the left. And the uh, not on the on the uh, news, and I use that term very loosely. Stations that uh, that are typically uh, Trump bashing stations, CNN and uh, uh, MSNBC, to name a couple. Uh, they they've not backed down a bit, but on other stations on Fox News they have um, they have commentators who are cl- Democrats who really are having a very hard time finding anything wrong anything to complain about with the GOP convention other than challenging what they're saying but the messages that we're hearing are upbeat and they are hopeful and they are um, encouraging and trying to get Americans to think rather than to react. Um, what's interesting is that the Democrats, Biden and Harris and their surrogates, have offered no policy positions. And again, they're afraid to share them because they know how unpopular they would be if people knew what they were proposing. The GOP, by contrast, has highlighted the many issues to emphasize what a Biden-Harris administration would mean for America. And here are a few of the contrasts that are on the ballot in 2020. It's law and order versus anarchy. It's support for the police rather than support for social workers to handle disputes in the streets. It's a referendum about 
race relations, which has not been good under Democrat leadership when they had an opportunity to make it better. It's about energy the and climate change and the Green New Deal versus continuing to allow America to get stronger and to be energy independent. It's about school choice versus um, fealty to the teachers' unions. It's about supporting the military versus um, uh, retrenching and allowing our adversaries to surpass us and put America in a bad situation. It's about freedom of religion and being able to pray and follow one's faith without having to be canceled by government because you wanted to observe your faith on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Um, But it's okay to go out and riot and loot and, quote, protest. It's about the economy, how you make it strong, not by closing the economy, which Joe Biden has said he wants to do, if a person in the scientific community says that that's what we should do. That's ridiculous. This is something that cannot ever happen again in our country. And Joe Biden would be quick to do that. And that would not be the case in a Trump administration going forward. It's about our standing in the world, how we handle our um, foreign policy, being respected in the world versus being subservient, fighting for American interests around the world, like destroying ISIS, versus being uh, complicit and opposing the um, the the uh, target the targets that uh, were were uh, made uh, um, and and carried out in the Trump administration, like uh, like Soleimani or um, like Baghdad, al-Baghdadi. Um, it's about allowing legal immigration and, and celebrating that versus opening up our borders. And you saw the naturalization. Those of you who watched the, Demo- the uh, Republican convention um, two nights ago saw President Trump swearing in five uh, individuals from around the world. And that is America. That represents who we are and who the Trump administration um, is supporting the, the, the welcoming of people who want to come into this country and make America better, but doing it the right way rather than the back door and, and cheapening what so many people have worked so hard to achieve. And I can go on and on. The Second Amendment trade deals, judges, Israel. The the issues are are the length of my arm, the differences between what a Biden-Harris administration would look like versus a Trump-Pence second term. And this is a, a, a referendum on the future of our country. And... Uh, 
And I'm going to bring this show back now to what we talk about on this show, which is health care. And nobody is talking about health care enough. But health care is a major issue. And the president believes that he is not in a position to discuss this, despite the fact that he has done so much for health care. I think that there's a sheepishness because of the criticism that he's received over coronavirus, which I'll circle back to. Um, and the Democrats are trying to tie that to overturning Obamacare and, quote, taking away health care from people at a time when it should not be um, even a thought. Nobody should lose their health care in a pandemic. And that's not what Trump has done in his presidency. If anything, he has done more to support the individual patients and the rights of patients than any Democrat administration in my lifetime. Because all the Democrats want to do is put more control over health care into government. They want to centralize decisions in Washington, D.C. And Trump, in health care, has done what he's done in other areas in our country. He has deregulated health care. He has made it easier for people to um, get insurance that fits their needs. He has made it um, easier for people to go outside of insurance and to get health care from providers who can contract directly with patients. He has made it easier for individuals to um, get drugs with his new policies about holding the pharmaceutical companies accountable. He's been all about price transparency and uh, trying to protect the rights of the American patients, the consumers of health care in this country. He's supported the right to try legislation. Over and over and over again, the president has demonstrated his um, desire to help the American patients, and that is not what we will see in a Biden-Harris administration. The, um, the majority of what we've heard from the Biden campaign centers around COVID-19 these days. And I'll go back to the Biden health care plan in a minute. But I want to take the next few minutes to uh, talk about what Biden has said and written on his website, which you can check out, about his criticism of President Trump and his handling of the COVID-19 crisis. Biden thinks that COVID-19 falls squarely at the feet of President Trump. 
he's quick to blame President Trump for his lack of leadership. And this is so laughable, coming from a man who is sitting in his basement and hasn't really gotten out and seen what is happening. You know, I have friends who are um, handling COVID in v- many different ways. And um, and I am not being critical of people who have different opinions about, about uh, what their risks are and what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. I do criticize people who are sanctimonious and uh, who who uh, are judgy about other people's behaviors in this in this pandemic. I'll share a quick anecdote. We have a friend who has been locked up in her house with her husband and um, my family. Uh, my daughter just moved to New York and she uh, went up there with a car. And with my wife, who took a ride with her, and uh, she uh, was, uh, she had heard that you know, that uh, Commissar De Blasio has uh, made an edict that anybody coming from anywhere, pretty much, um, because the COVID um, rate of infection elsewhere out of New York now is so much higher than it is in New York. So anyone coming into New York um, is subject to being stopped, questioned, and then checked on by someone who works for the Department of Finance. It's usually that those are the meter maids and other people with quasi- um, and law enforcement uh, 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 powers, um, and they can come to your house and make sure that you're self-quarantining for 14 days. Well, uh, there's they're not checking everybody who comes into New York by by car. Um, they are making people register if you come by plane, but but not by car. It's impossible to stop every car; otherwise, it'd be you know, 20 hour traffic jams coming into the city but there are flashing signs that do say that you need to call this number and register and and of course my my daughter did not do that but we have a dear friend who i said lives in new york who's been watching news and reading newspapers watching news uh, and uh, news in quotation marks because as a liberal New Yorker, she gets her news from places that are um, very different from where um, I get my news from. But nonetheless, for her, COVID is a, a, a you know, just a, going outside the house um, is a, uh, you know, potentially deadly uh, event and uh, would not uh, want to do that. Well, she and her husband and another close uh, friends, couple a couple, who also are equally um, vigilant about uh, shutting themselves off from the world, decided that they would need to get out of New York and take a vacation, which they did, and they went to to North Carolina. 
Well, this co- my fr- uh, our friends were so judgy about my daughter not registering coming into New York with her Georgia plates. But she was going to North Carolina to go on vacation and then come back to New York. And we asked her, well, are you going to re-register because you are coming back in from outside the New York area? And she couldn't understand that. She goes, no, I've got New York plates, as if her New York plates confer immunity to COVID. And so this is what I'm I'm referring to in in terms of people being judgy and being sanctimonious and and this is um you know what we see happening and Joe Biden is one of those people he's no different than our friends who sit in their house they they gather information from sources that, you know, God knows where it's coming from, and the validity of it is certainly not, not, uh, uh, it, it, there's at least something to be, to be, uh, um, considered about it. But he is making decisions in a bubble, living in his basement, not really getting out in the world and understanding what is truly happening. And it doesn't matter that he's, got information coming in and he's got advisors telling him what to do if he's not actually in the moment then his opinions are are not able to be um taken seriously and and this is what biden is saying he's making claims about how trump is handling this pandemic which are unfair they're unsubstantiated and they're wrong and what he his website um, states as far as how he would handle COVID states the following. It says that his plan is to, number one, restore trust, credibility, and common purpose. Number two, mount an effective national emergency response that saves lives protects frontline workers, and minimizes spread of COVID-19. Three, it eliminates cost barriers for prevention of care, prevention of and care for COVID-19. Four, it pursues decisive economic measures to help hard-hit workers, families, and small businesses, and to stabilize the American economy. And five, rallying the world to confront this crisis while laying the foundation for the future. Huh? What did he say? What does his website even mean? It means nothing. And by the way, this is what Trump is doing. He's criticizing Trump for the very things that he's proposing that we should do. And by the way, as one of the former chiefs of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has said about Biden, and they reiterated this on the national TV at the RNC yesterday, and uh, we've heard this over and over again, when it comes to substantive, and I'm paraphrasing now, when it comes to substantive uh, issues that have confronted America, 
Joe Biden has been wrong on every major issue for the last four decades. And COVID is no exception. And the thing about what he's saying regarding COVID has absolutely no bearing in reality. He will not handle COVID any differently than President Trump is handling it. President Trump is doing everything right. He is using the experts to help guide things. He's criticized because he makes statements about treatment, which people are quick to say he should not be doing. But if he doesn't do it, nobody else is standing up for this administration and the decisions that they're making. So he has no choice but to do it. I am not critical of the decisions that he has made regarding COVID. In fact, he has done things um, in more cases correctly than incorrectly. Nobody knows what's going on. If you look at the CDC guidelines, which I follow closely because as a practicing physician, this is uh, an issue that comes up in my practice every single day. How do you handle employees who are exposed? How do you handle employees who test positive? How do you handle people who are asymptomatic and have tested positive and continue to test positive even though they have no symptoms? This is uncharted territory. Nobody knows what this is about. And for Joe Biden to have the audacity to sit in his basement and criticize what our president is doing in a pandemic that nobody could have predicted that did in fact come from China and that he is actually whom he has held accountable to the criticism of the left who said that uh, and and let me this is this is the most ridiculous thing during the Democrat National Convention Mario Cuomo that I'm not Mario Cuomo that's his dad Andrew Cuomo that brilliant governor who everybody thinks is such a statesman called this pandemic the European virus what an idiot and not just an idiot but he is culpable for the deaths of between three and six thousand seniors who he sentenced to death by sending from the hospital back to the nursing home that they came from only to infect other people there when the nursing homes did not have the capability of isolating them he should be not just ashamed of himself they should prosecute him for the deaths of so many people who could have been saved by the efforts of President Trump, who mobilized a ship right off the Manhattan shore in, in the Hudson River, who helped mobilize a, um, a field hospital at the Javits Convention Center in New York. So for Joe Biden to be sanctimonious and criticize the president about how he handled COVID and how he continues to handle COVID, and and by the way, with vaccinations, which the president is being hopeful for, 
and is really trying to um, uh, block any red tape and knock down any um, barriers that prevent the rapid um, uh, um, deployment of this vaccination should be applauded not criticized, which is what the Biden administration is doing. So with regard to what we can expect in the Biden administration with the COVID crisis, it will not get better. It will only get worse, especially if somebody decides that we should shut down the economy again because he is quick to do it. Now, stay with us because when we get back, I want to tell people what you can expect from the Biden health care plan and how disastrous that is going to be for America going forward. We'll never be able to walk this back. So stay with us. Hal, I'm going to take uh, one second to mention that uh, as a public service and as an organization that uh, we have our beliefs and I just want everybody to take a minute during the day, sometime during the day, and think about the folks in Louisiana and Texas that are being hammered by a terrible storm. So whenever you have a minute, please just think of those folks. Thank you. I think that's great, David. I I am remiss for not saying something about that today, that our prayers are with them, and people should uh, look at helping them out and go to reputable sites because there are a lot of people who take advantage of the goodness of Americans when it comes to crises. And um, there are many reputable sites. Um, The the American Red Cross is one of them, but there are other um, uh, people there who are doing uh, a great job. And uh, and, and, uh, I've fully support what you're saying, David, and uh, we should not just uh, think about them, but we should take action and help the, the people in the Gulf of Mexico area, Louisiana and Texas, um, who have been hammered so badly um, over the last few years by natural disasters, and especially during this COVID um, crisis. One last thing is that uh, the news stated... And- Trump is on top of it, and he's not waiting for it to happen. He's making it happen in giving and taking care of the folks in Texas and Louisiana. So pray for our president and pray for our our uh, fr- friends and neighbors in Texas and Louisiana. Thank you, Al. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. 
The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. Today we're talking a little bit about... Joe Biden, Kamala Harris administration, and what that would look like for health care. So I spent the first part of the show, the first half of the show, trying to um, make the case that the Democratic vision is a very dark vision and uh, not uplifting and um, very critical. And that's what, that's what um, opposition campaigns are all about. Um, uh, typically, um, they do spend a lot of time criticizing the incumbent and trying to paint them as a um, as a unworthy um, occupant of of their office. But the Democrats, in general, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in particular, have painted the Trump administration in a very dark um, sinister light which is not correct it's not just unfair it's a lie and they are actually projecting you know in psychiatry there's a term called projection which is that you take characteristics that you embrace or that that exemplify you and you put them on someone else. And the Democrat positions are almost entirely projections of who they really are. So Joe Biden does have a health care policy. It's on his website. I'm going to go through a few of these issues in just a moment. But um, many people believe that Joe Biden is simply an empty vessel. He is a Trojan horse. He's not really the president. He is just a figurehead. He's almost like the movie Breakfast at Bernie's, where they took around a dead guy and they brought him everywhere because everybody knew who Bernie was. And they would um, put him in a country club in a chair with sunglasses and a hat and everybody, the people who brought him around were getting great treatment because Bernie was there and they would take him to the golf course and they would take him to the theater. they take him everywhere. That's what Joe Biden is. It's like breakfast at Bernie's. He's, he is um, no longer with us. He is, he is um, not making sense anymore. You heard some of the commentators on left-wing TV praising his acceptance speech as 
the best he's ever given. They were actually just hoping he could get through a speech without his his forehead hitting the table. He can he was able to read a teleprompter. You know, some people were, you know were actually uh, wondering whether or not this was all one take or it was multiple takes because it was taped. So, I think that we are hearing a lot of. Um, opinion that Joe Biden may not even make it out of his first year. And even if he does, he is not in control. It's everyone who's around him who will be making policy. Every leftist, every communist, socialist, anarchist who now comprise the Democratic Party will be making his decisions. And that means health care. Now, Joe Biden's plan has is pretty much outlined here on his website, and I'll go through a few of these, which, again, just like his COVID policy, are platitudes. They don't say anything, and they don't really accomplish, they accomplish nothing. When he says that he wants to strengthen Obamacare, which he was a part of creating, what he's really saying is that he wants to go to a government-run insurance option. And the government option for insurance is the back door to what the left wants to do, which is a single payer. So why do I say that? You know, you'll hear people say on the left, no, 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 a government option is simply an affordable health care plan for people who can't afford private insurance. So let's go ahead and give them a health care plan, an insurance plan that resembles Medicare, that will be affordable, that will be, that people will not go bankrupt over. And sure, they're going bankrupt over the Obamacare plans because a silver plan for a family of four after deductibles and and copays and all that is going to cost somebody um, as much as twenty four to twenty six thousand dollars a year that's a lot of money for nothing so so the private the the public option pu- public supported insurance is the um, surest way to drive the the private insurance companies out of the market. Obamacare succeeded in doing that the first go-around when there were 1,800 private insurance companies and most of the small ones went um, uh, either out of business or they decided to leave health care. Some of the bigger ones, too. I remember uh, Prudential was a huge um, ins- uh, health care uh, insurance company a few years back. No longer, not since Obamacare. And so a public option will drive these insurance companies out of health care, making it absolutely impossible for anyone to get insurance outside of the government-run plan. That's essentially single-payer. Well, the left 
wants to get there in one giant bite. They want to eat the pig in one bite. You've heard Kamala Harris jump on the bandwagon of Medicare for All. She did that quite quickly, the Bernie Sanders health care plan. Um, and, um, and the uh, people that Biden surrounds himself with, um, Elizabeth Warren or um, uh, Cory Booker or um, uh, you know, uh, any of the other um, Obama um, uh, sycophants or even the Clinton administration sycophants, they want the government to control health care. And so they would like to get to that um, the fastest way possible. If they have to do it the back door, which is this single, which is the uh, uh, the uh, government option for insurance, well, they'll do that. Obamacare was was that vehicle that uh, that they were hoping would um, get them to the promised land. And in the Biden administration, he will resurrect that dream and allow for the, for the government option to allow that to happen. But if Biden is no longer calling the shots and the left is, you can bet your bottom dollar that everything that the um, Democratic candidates in the uh, in the primary, promised that they would do, they're going to do. Don't don't disregard what they say. Don't ignore them when they tell you that they're going to do this. They are going to do it. They want to do it. That means that everybody in this country are going to pay incredibly high taxes. This is to start a four trillion dollar program to start and it will it will um, bankrupt the country it will compromise the future of of our children and grandchildren um, you cannot pay for this um, and so if you've got a promise to take care of everything and remember that um, if the government promises you everything, then the likelihood is that you'll get nothing. And this is something that people need to understand. A single payer, Medicare for all, a government-run plan, socialized health care in the democratic socialist view of things in this new Democrat Party, which should not be called the Democrat Party anymore. It should be called the Socialist Party. What this means for patients is is stark reality. It means that care will be rationed. It has to be rationed because if you you listen to the Democrats and they say, oh, no, you can go to any doctor anytime, anywhere. Who? Wh- what doctor are they talking about? And where? Who, wh- where are they going to get this care? It's not going to be possible because there aren't going to be any doctors. So right now, doctors have d- diminishing revenues over the last decade because the the um, reimbursement to doctors has remained stagnant or decreased. It's the only industry in America where that's happening. 
and yet the overhead for physicians continues to go up and and that's the reason why doctors either close their doors or they have to sell their practices to hospitals and and, and by the way when a hospital owns the doctor they're no longer working for you the patient they're working for their boss so this that's a terrible terrible thing for patients but that's why this is happening because it is becoming impossible for physicians who want to take care of patients who are dedicated to preserving the relationship between them and their patients to be able to continue to do so financially well a single payer system means that physicians will take anywhere from a 30 to 40% pay cut now i will tell you that number 1 i'm out when that happens i'm done and and that would be a real shame because people like me in my generation um, are the ones with the experience and um, and still have a lot of life left in us. But when they s- start slashing the the revenue that that we can produce, our ability to earn a living, and without any protection, and in fact it will be worse because the bureaucracy is going to increase, and that means higher costs that the physicians have to endure. Um, they um, will uh, uh, we will see um, uh, a a physician exodus like you've never seen before and already there's a physician shortage around the country well that will be worse when we lose an entire generation of physicians who say enough's enough young doctors who are so far in debt from college and from medical school. Now, maybe that'll go away in a socialized America, socialistic America, where the government pays for college and the government pays for medical school. And in return, you owe your life to the government for a certain period of time for a meager subsistence. Um, That's possible. But the reality is that so many young people, the best, the brightest, are going to say, that's that's not what I want to do. I have an opportunity to earn a far better living, working a less demanding schedule, not sacrificing my life, and they're not going to go into medicine. And that's that's an absolute fact it's been shown around the country or where countries where physicians can earn a living are are just banging down the doors in America trying to get in here where they can earn a decent living um, but what they're going to set up is a system the socialists here will where you won't get to see a doctor you'll see a nurse or maybe even a technician and your care, your quality of care, is going to go down further and further until the kind of care that you get is going to be so substandard 
and uh, it's going to be the Peter Principle. It's going to come down to where it is in the rest of the world. Instead of leading the world, which we do, um, we will come down to what it's like in the third world when people cannot get the kind of care that they want. And we hear stories about that all the time, how people in Canada just die because they don't get screened for cancer. Um, or in England where they don't get joint replacements because they're too old. That's absolutely coming under a Biden administration. No innovation. There's going to be no incentive to, um, to, uh, build, um, uh, new, uh, healthcare, um, industries and, and innovation. Um, and there's no way out of that system. Um, so, this is this is the 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 reality in an Obi- in a Biden um, uh, um, Harris administration. Um, at the very best, we're going to get a return to Obamacare on steroids, or uh, worse, Obamacare on double steroids, which is Medicare for all. So that's that's I think what. You absolutely can look forward to, and people who are trying to minimize the, um, that reality, who are trying to um, discredit people like me who say that this is coming, are lying to you. They're lying to you because when the government controls things, there are some people who are going to make out better than others, people who are in... Um, government will make out better than you who are an average person out there. People who are um, in in uh, in tech, people who who have a way to scam money out of a system that the government controls are are pushing for this. They want more control in the hands of fewer people rather than disbursement of control of health care to every single individual around the country and let people control their own health care. People controlling their own health care is what the Trump administration is all about. The government controlling health care is what Biden and the left are all about one way or the other, either um, backdoor through expanded Obamacare or shove it down your throat, Medicare for all. The Biden health care position on his website is quite clear. It says that Biden will protect the Affordable Care Act and he will build on it by giving Americans more choice. And that means the government run health care plan. Um, he claims that they'll reduce health care costs. That is partially true, because if they deliver less health care, you can't get health care, you can't see a doctor for six months, then it's going to cost you less. But the system is going to bankrupt us when it is $4 trillion to start. Um, they He claims that he is going to give health care um, to Americans whose states did not expand Medicaid, and he'll give them that coverage 
at the same rate as Medicaid patients. So again, the taxpayer is going to pay for it. The reimbursement to physicians, and you've got to think three steps down the road, not just you, but what is going to happen to you when A happens, followed by B, followed by C, and when they are going to pay physicians less money and there's going to be less access, you're going to get fewer opportunities to get your health care taken care of, and that means people are going to die. And the Obama, and the Biden website just they they um, they restate such incredible left wing lies that it's it's really truly disgraceful. The, the the WHO lie about infant mortality being the highest in the United States of all the developed countries lie. And again, I've said this over and over and over again on this show, that American deaths in infants are counted at the minute that that baby dies, regardless of how far along they are, 23 weeks, 24 weeks, that's an infant mortality in the United States. Not so anywhere else in the Western world. And that's why American mortality rates are higher, because we're honest about counting lives, because we can save those lives, because we've got the means and the technology and the desire to do so, not so around the world. And that's going to disappear. You can pretty much forget about the 23-week preemies or the patients with multiple problems surviving in a Biden administration, in a government-run health care system. Those patients will get what we call the third world treatment, the flat rock treatment. What's the flat rock treatment? Those babies will be put on a flat rock and allowed to die, which is what happens in the undeveloped world, because we are not going to have the means the ability, the resources to take care of those individuals that right now are miracles that we save on a daily basis here. So much of what's on the Biden plan on on the um, on the uh, on his on his website it are are basically stealing from what Trump is already doing, and we know Joe Biden is a is a notorious thief of people's ideas, a plagiarist. He's a, he's known on record as stealing ideas. He's stolen ideas in his, in his, uh, in his, um, graduate and undergraduate careers. He's stolen ideas as a, as a young politician. He's still stealing ideas, stealing the Bernie Sanders positions of socialism, which he's embracing. He's stealing by, um, President Trump's ideas. His plan is to stop surprise billing. Well, guess what, Vice President Biden? It's already been done. It's been signed into an executive order by President Trump. Now it's dependent on Congress to uh, get through. And God willing, we'll get rid of a Nancy Pelosi-run House so we can actually see Congress enact the executive orders that President Trump has 
um, uh, signed into into orders to protect the American public. He is um, pre- uh, uh, Vice President Biden's position is to lower costs and improve health care outcomes by partnering with health care workers. Again, huh? He doesn't make any sense. And the people who are advising him are are um, just engaged in platitudes um, to try to confuse the American pu- public and to, and to uh, give people the false impression that he has a plan, that he really uh, understands these issues, and he has absolutely no understanding. His website states that they're going to repeal outrageous drug company um, uh, price gouging and exemptions. President Trump's already done this. So the things that Joe Biden is is telling the public he is going to do has already been done by President Trump, who is the best president for patients in America and and will even do better in a second term, especially with a Congress that is willing to work with him. Um, and by the way, um, this is a, pre- a vice president, a presidential candidate who believes that late-term abortion is okay. And you can have in a position on abortion, you know, when, you know, whether or not you want to do it or not do it, when to do it. But infanticide, I think we can all agree, is a crime. It is a crime against humanity. And he has not spoken out against that. In fact, he wants to restore the federal funding for Planned Parenthood, which is abysmal. So uh, I hope that I've I've uh, uh, given you an, uh, an understanding about what a Biden healthcare world would look like versus a Trump healthcare world. And you need to really um, take that into consideration when you are talking to your friends and family about the differences between Biden and Trump, and especially on November 3rd when you are in in the uh, in, in the poll, at the polling uh, uh, booth. So thanks for being with me today, and come back next week and join my co-host, Dr. Scott Barber, in the next edition of the Doctor's Lounge. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.